Hello, Sky friends, and welcome to Seasons of Skyrend, Book 3. We're a custom 5e D&D adventure that focuses on the stories of our characters as they explore their impact on the world and how the world responds in turn. I am your host and DM, Scott, and you can find me on Twitter at TheScottBlake. Hi, I'm Chris. I play Iolana Makani, the Air Genasi Mystic, and you can find me at Killer on Twitter. Hi, my name is Nate. I play Darwin Grimm, the Human Monk, and you can find me at Skyren underscore Nate on Twitter. Hi, I'm Shannon. I play Aranis Gray, also known as Gray the Great to my fans, and the Bard of the Bard's Rebellion. I am a half-elf bard, and you can find me at Skyren underscore Shannon on Twitter. And you can find the show on Twitter at Skyren Podcast. You can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast. Head on over to find out about bonus chapters, early access, NPC creation, and more. Now then, thank you for joining us, and please enjoy this chapter in Seasons of Skyrend. Lotus, Aldred, and Leon lie dead, the first casualties in the conscription's latest assault on Honey Hollow. Cregan, their celestial leader, has been spared by Darwin, but not before he reclaimed another grim pendant. Vale's ruse has successfully taken out the leadership of this offensive, but several powerful resources remain outside. Feeling insulted by Commander Thorne's lack of appreciation, Vale is already making their way out through the adjoining library. Thorne, knowing the fight isn't over yet, is shocked, but has more pressing issues to handle first. Now isn't the time to punish someone for desertion. Earl Moore and Mayor Maraska have already begun discussing the next steps. Driving the conscription away would be ideal, but difficult compromises may need to be considered. With the halfling population still making their way through the grung box to Capris, at the very least, they need to buy time. Sooner or later, the conscription forces will grow suspicious at Cregan's absence and resume their assault and infiltration. What are people doing? As Iolana sees Vale begin to leave, they quickly try to catch up with them. Is this an effort to stop Vale or just join no, this, them? This is an event effort to like fall in line, to leave with them. Mm. Question about Iolana and Vale. They're from different aspects, different branches of the Danumont. In terms of rank, who views who as being on top? That's a very complex question. Um, well, yeah, because the, the Inquisition side is more secretive than the rest of them. But does that mean anybody in the Inquisition is automatically above anybody else? Um, I think Vale would view uh, Old Vale would view Iolana as someone who was uh, their superior. Uh, at this point, Vale views Iolana as someone who's a route to information. Iolana, as a low-level member of the Inquisition, respects the experience that Vale has, and so especially in this situation where the goal is to get Vale back to Dad, would defer many decision-making instances to Vale. Okay. Because so we'd never really discussed that power dynamic before, and I was all of a sudden made very aware of it. All right. Don't know why I didn't realize that sooner, but cool. So we've got Ilana and Vale heading out. Darvin, Aranis, what are you doing? I'm probably just going to kind of glance at Aranis, shrug my shoulders, and 
Follow. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arnis is going to look stunned for a second, look back at Commander Thorne as if he's not really sure what to do, but he's also painfully aware that, like, the people that have his back are walking out the door. So, I mean, if everybody else is going, he's he's going to go. If he catches Commander Thorne's eye, he's just going to kind of give her the, like, all my people just left. Look, like, I gotta, I guess. No. <laughs> It's a very specific look. Yeah, kind of it's a right. shruggy shoulder. <laughs> type kind of face. the look I just gave you, but yeah. but more so, I imagine mm-hmm. more so. Yeah. Well, Earl Moore and Miramaraska are discussing matters. They are glancing at the group of you, like they're looking up from their discussion and just getting an eyeball on you, just to kind of assess your situation. Like, are they actually staying? Are they actually going? But they aren't like staring. They're not locking eyes with you in a what-the-fuck way. But Commander Thorne, she definitely is. <laughs> as you're, Arnis, as you're looking at her, she's giving you the eyes, and then, like, kind of leaning in and opening the eyes a little bigger, like, wait, you're really going? Really? <sighs> I. But she's, you know, she's got a whole city to think about right now, and chances are that the four of you together could stop any effort that she made to force you to stay. That's true. I mean, there's probably a good chance that any one of you could stop her. I don't know about Darwin. She might be able to get enough punches in before he kills her. But but even that, like, like she's aware of the power dynamic here. She's a big fish in a smaller pond. She doesn't go out on adventures. She doesn't go out, like, powering up, so to speak. So, yeah, if everybody's heading out, then everybody's heading out. And you just get, like... You get an unbelievable look from Commander Thorne. She's just trying to process this right now. And in her head, making mental calculations of, okay, well, if we don't have those forces to rely on, what do we do? But you're uh, you're not sticking around to find out. You're leaving the church area, walking through the library, and heading back out into the tunnels. Can I ask where people are headed? Since Vale's at the front of the group, I will share that Vale's intention is to head to the stables. Because we're leaving, right? That is Vale's intention. Okay. Before I get into the things that happen on the way there, are there any stops that people want to make on the way out? Shops aren't really open right now, (laughs) but if there are people that you really want to see, or if there's something that you really need to get... Not in particular. It's fine. The townsfolk definitely have better things to do. Survival right now is the one and only priority. So... Making your way through the snowy tunnels and converted indoor passageways, you see the orc citizens escorting the halfling population to the Grung Box and into Capris. Non-combatants like Castor and Jessamine try to keep folks calm with mixed success. You can see Bacata, the former alchemist orc, now in her 60s, asking if anyone has seen Cortland Sr. Dr. Corey tells her, oh, I saw him in the, uh, the gin distiller this morning. He might still be there. And Bacata rushes off in that direction. Gosserim pushes through the crowds to intercept you and says, What happened back there? Liana said there was fighting? She was able to maintain her control, but we need to be careful. If she goes, this city goes, I go. Oh, am I talking to him? And somebody should. Vale just keeps walking. Darwin mutters, tragic. Um, if you want to keep the city safe, I mean, somebody's got to fight to do it, right? So that's what we did uh we in fact 
captured the leader and Commander Thorne can decide what to do with him. And I just kind of give him the like, peace out, bro. And like, and I I'm, I continue walking. Uh, I mean, he's going to continue walking and like keeping a pace with you. I'm not saying that, f- I'm not saying not to fight. Obviously, we need to drive these people away. I just didn't realize I'd gotten into the city yet. Oh, we drew them in on purpose. There's no more of them in the city. <laughs> so are you going to finish what you started? I'm sorry. Did we attack your city? No, but you threw the first punch. No, they threw the first punch when one of those things out there erased a bunch of your snow. They were basically threatening to come in here and kill everybody anyway. So I'm not sure what makes you think there's a difference between who punched first. The threat had been made. We were simply punching before they could kill us all. They may have started the antagonizing portion of this, but you drew first blood, and now you're just, what, leaving? So so what would you have done instead? I didn't say instead. I I simply meant, are you going to help us finish this? We took out the leader. Use him as a bargaining chip. Do whatever the hell you want. Like, I'm sorry. We were literally, like, three feet from the door when this went down. Like... Y'all are a very nice city. This is great. And we helped mm-hmm. you. We concocted a plan. And it went off miraculously. And by some miracle, we managed to not die. Right? <laughs> As you but, say this, Vale doesn't react much beyond like looking back to you and then tilting their head a little like, yeah, my plans don't always work. And then keeping the walking. <laughs> it's one of those look like, the shit you... No, you might be right. <laughs> Well, it's not like it's also not meant to be an insult either. No, I know, and that's the, mm-hmm. what the whole process of that we always was. we always miraculously like don't die. Um, we always miraculously. <laughs> that mm-hmm. seems to kind of be it. Always um, miraculously. So I and I don't even remember what I was. What did I just said? I can I can help you out here. Asvela gives you that look back, and you take a break in your reasoning with Gossrim. You know, he continues like. We would all really appreciate it if you stayed and finished them off. I could make your horses even more formidable if you do. <laughs> At this, Yolana turns around and says, um, I don't know about you all, gesturing to Arnis and Darvin, but Vale looks pretty set to leave, and my whole mission is to follow them. So wherever they go, I'm going. Um, Mr. Gossram, sir, <laughs> I'm not one you have to convince. Uh, is is Vale tempted at all by the thought of a battle horse? Vale's stride has not changed at all. <laughs> the only reaction from the entire conversation that anyone has seen is the look to Arnis. Oh, hey. Is anybody tempted by battle horse? No. Darvin's a little tempted, but he's not about to be like, hey, Vale, are you sure? So, <laughs> n- n- not... We're all kind of scared of Vale now, just in case you're wondering. <laughs> Like, we're all a little like, oh my god, don't make Vale mad. <laughs> Guys, don't right. make Vale mad. Didn't <laughs> <laughs> mean to make Vale scary. Darwin is afraid of Vale, which is saying something. Mm-hmm. In which case, I think Gossram keeps pace with you in silence for a short while longer. Like another 15, 20 seconds of just real uncomfortable silence as you're making your way through the city. Before he just finally like... Uh, you can see something in him just kind of 
give up hope on you. And his shoulders slump down. He says, so you're fine with whatever happens to the city after you leave. If they're not successful in pushing the conscription back, that's it. You know what? No, you know what? Don't you pull that fucking guilt trip on me. I will not have it. I won't. Because if these dudes had showed up five minutes later, we wouldn't have been here in the first place. It was pure luck for you. You're welcome that we were here when they showed up. So you know what? You had your luck. We took out the leader. And now you get to do what would have happened anyway if we hadn't miraculously, again, you're welcome, been here. As Arnis finishes this, Vale stops for the first time since they've stopped, st- started moving. Walks over kind of to Arnis's, just thinking, because I want to create an image here. All right, Arnis's, I'm only very terrified. <laughs> to Arnis's left side and gently kind of like shoulder checks Arnis, not in an aggressive way at, uh, at all, but like a, I'm here. And support you and visually in front of the entire group resets their hidden blade into tension in the way that they've learned like taught themselves how to do it with one hand and says after a beat well said arnis and turns around and keeps moving and i just kind of give a shrug and follow after them guess i should tell liana that i was right about you we never should have trusted you you go leave do whatever you want at this I'll veil, do whatever is... Oh. You tried to kill us with a bone thief, and I'm out. <laughs> yeah, at this veil, finally perks up and turns around and says, why don't you stop relying on other people to be your heroes and defend your own, and then use as an expletive in Draconic City. And keeps walking. <laughs> but Arnest doesn't bother swearing in anything other than common. Just like, no, you're going to know it. You're going to know when I swear at you. <laughs> it's one of those that like could be said in common, but I think it's even more profane and draconic, and that's why Vale uses it. <laughs> it probably sounds a lot nastier and draconic. Oh, don't you worry. I'll do whatever is necessary to ensure my children survive. To ensure that I survive. So go. As I'm walking away. <laughs> he turns heel and walks down a different tunnel. Like that's what he's set to do. Unless you got some pithy remarks. Vale just keeps on walking and raises one finger. (laughs) (laughs) Arnis is going to shout at him as he's walking away. Just like, you're welcome for doing the first round of heavy lifting. I'm sure you can take it from here. And then we go. And then I go. Everyone else can do what they want. (laughs) I go. I follow. Yelena follows too. Okay. Man, it was nice for five seconds not having that dude not like us. Great. It wasn't going to last, though. Nope. <laughs> it's all right. Last. We don't need him anyway. He's a jerk. You really did. I'm not no, saying granted, he's a we did, friend. <laughs> we did fight half a fight. Like, let's be really honest here. We fought half a fight. And now we're like, mm, peace out, bro. That was a little more than half a fight. That was legit fight. No, I know. But, like, it's half the fight. Oh, mm-hmm. do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's half the fight that needs to be fought. And now we're just like, man, we're good. <laughs> well, we did yeah. our little like special team, special operations thing that we're so good at. We did our like, you know, now the rest is up to the normal forces, the rank and file. We did our thing, our special operations. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You did a you did a thing. You certainly we're, did. We're, we're just, like the Navy SEALs. We can't be, you know, lumped in with the common soldier. Wow. Wow. 
So what I'm hearing is Darwin doesn't support our troops. I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> no, he does. He just doesn't want to be one of them. That's what it is. <laughs> oh, I support fine. you. They're fine doing their thing, you. but I am so no. much better. <laughs> but there's special ops and then there's not, right? That's all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're clearly more on the special. Oh, I don't disagree with you there. You're definitely more capable than other soldiers in this city. Which means utilizing our talents and risking getting ourselves killed would be wasting our talents. Mm, I don't know if that exactly tracks. If we also... die fighting a buff fight, we don't need to fight. Waste, right? Yeah. That's all. I'll give you that. Okay. Yeah, I didn't think that uh, that alliance between you and Gosram was going to last forever. <laughs> Ended a little bit more quickly than I thought, but... You kidding me? Me that too. That a douche. Like, I oh, yeah. No, no, he lie, is. But <laughs> He's definitely more on the selfish side of the gods. <laughs> uh... I like how he pretends <laughs> not to be, though. I do appreciate that. <laughs> okay, so sounds to me like everybody is still heading directly for the stables. Sounds right. Okay. You all arrive in the stables. The animals that remain there are definitely uneasy. There's not the active bombardment that started this day out. Like, that's still not going on outside. There's no, like, concussive blasts at the moment. But some of them are still a little spooked from that. Like, it's a tense time for the animals. Honey Hollow is evacuating citizens before livestock. Because, honestly, walking horses through a city and putting them through a box <laughs> not going to be the easiest of tasks. Creatures that don't understand what's going on might be a little spooked about it. That'll probably come you know, at the end, if they've got time. So your four horses are all in here. Vale with their black horse with bat wings. Elon with the white horse with the heron wings. Darwin's silvery black horse with raven wings. And Aranus's spotted horse with spotted owl wings. I love the look of all of these horses. This is all very fantastic and beautiful. So, going over to your horses, calling out to your horses. What are your horses' names? What do you call your horses? You need to get their attention. You need to soothe them a little bit. Dear. Don't judge my names. Um, as long as you don't name it horse again. <laughs> if, you, if you have to start with don't judge my names, <laughs> what do you think we're going to do? Vale walks up all business to their horse and says, um, it's Elvin and it's Shadowmare. Why would we judge that? Because it feels a little on the nose. It's better than horse. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was even more on the nose. That might have just been the nose. It was literally the nose. I mean, Shadowmare for me. No, that's that's a very that's a very Lord of the Rings name. Yeah, that's why I liked it. So I am in full support of Shadowmare. What about Iolana? Does Iolana have a name for her horse? Yes, and Iolana's is also in Elven because it's such a pretty language. Because primordial is guttural and terrifying to hear. Oh, I'm sorry. Your horse with wings is not exactly cuddly. It's slightly terrifying. <laughs> Iolana sees it as something beautiful. That's fair. And uh, addresses it as Windrider. All right. Darwin or Arnis, what are some names for your horses? Ben. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Really? Just Ben? Just Ben. Okay. Maybe short for Benjamin. I don't know. Benny. And the Jets. Darvin's, Darvin's trying real hard not to get attached to this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's emotionally scarred. Oh, Darvin. 
Okay. So Darwin's fancy silvery black raven winged horse. His name Ben. <laughs> it's a good name. It's short. People might think it's a person. Plus, I can always be like, how you been? Boo. Mm-hmm. People named Ben love that joke. No, from personal. <laughs> oh, I wish I knew more Bens now. <laughs> All right. So, Arnest, what about you? What's your horse named? Uh, he named his horse Theron. How do you spell that? T-H-E-R-E-N. Theron. Mm-hmm. Is that from a particular language? Does it have any significance or meaning? It's an elfy type name. Okay. So we've got Shadowmare, Windrider, Ben, and Theron. Okay. As you're calming down your horses and getting mounted up, securing your gear to their, to their sides, they've got saddlebags, sure. As you're mounting your horses, there's an orc named Larkspur who rushes up to you and asks, Are you really heading out there? It's pretty dangerous. Yolana speaks up and says, unless you know another way out. Um, no, this is the only way out if you're going on a horse. But they've still got forces up there. They've got those terrifying phoenixes up there. Yeah, but they also have no reason to pick a fight with us right now. I, I mean, they, they may not know who you are. They may assume that you're people trying to escape their whatever they call righteous judgment. But she says with just an absolute air of, I don't give a fuck what these people think. Like, no, no, no. We don't want to die based on your God's judgment. I don't want to monopolize the, the story here. So for the people have things, what they want to say. Yeah. I don't really. So, uh, okay. Like, you don't want us to go up there, but. Well, it's not that he doesn't know, want you to go to up leave. there. So like, what do you suggest we do? The crux of what Larkspur is trying to get at is if you try to leave, there's a very good chance you will be spotted and stopped. Or yeah, at and least if we, attacked. If we don't try to leave, we're going to get attacked anyway. So, But he's, maybe he's got a point. Maybe we can't just wander <laughs> through. Maybe we have to figure out how we're going to avoid them. There's no, is, I mean, there's, um, I don't know. Is there a plan for distraction, subterfuge? There's a plan for stealth. Uh, that. Uh, sorry, you go. <laughs> would you like to hear the plan for stealth? Yes, I would like to hear the plan for stealth, but I have to make an involuntary uh, noise whenever <laughs> you say there's a plan for stealth because you know that I'm not good at it. Yes, hey, but whenever but don't I tell worry. you there's a plan for stealth, don't I usually provide you a way to do it better? Yeah, but I always have to go, uh, uh. And also... <laughs> I feel it is obligatory. <laughs> if you're on your magically flying horses, you know, they're doing most of the movement. You just have to be still. Um, but anyways, sounds like Bill <laughs> might have a plan, or Iolana might have a plan. This is an Iolana plan. Okay, I was wondering if we'd get to an Iolana plan here. Iolana takes a look at Vale. Vale nods like, we've talked about this, share the plan. There's a tension moment there where Yolanda's kind of like, you can see she's excited. She's like, I got a plan. I get to be the big kid at the table, even though in spite of her years, she is very inexperienced in this. So she goes, okay, here's what we're going to do. You all remember how we snuck into the boat on the floating island? You mean like when you made us all invisible? Yeah. We're going to do that again. And then the horses can just ride out with us on them. No one will care about a bunch of horses fleeing the city. Sure about that. Sounds straightforward enough. I mean, unless somebody's got a better plan. Well, no, I mean, I think it's a good plan. I'm just saying, are we sure that no one's going to care about a bunch of randomly winged horses flying away? We don't fly. We run until we have to fly. Mm. Draw as little Mm. attention to the wings as possible. All right. 
All right. All right. I'm picking up what you're putting down now. Okay. You, you keep those wings folded down so maybe they look more just like regular horses. Yeah. Extra fluffy horses. Seems like a pretty good plan. All right. That's, that's a better plan than I was expecting. That's solid. Other than the four of you being invisible. Is there anything else you're doing to help make these horses look just like boring ass mundane horses? I think it's kind of going to come down to everybody's individual ideas, but Yolana's intention is like, she's got a white horse with white wings to just try and like adjust her presence, like her cloak and, and her like riding blankets. It won't not to try and cover and blend in where the wings might stick out. If that makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. Well, if you're talking about your cloak, if you're still wearing it, that would also be invisible. But if you wanted to take it off and throw it over the horse. Yeah. That works. Okay. Anybody else? Hmm. Uh, I see Ilana do that and I'm like, oh, that's probably a good idea. And I kind of try to do the same thing. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a better idea except my cloak, I think, is my only article of clothing. So I'd be riding my horse naked. (laughs) That is not true. You have clothes and a cloak. Calm down, boy. (laughs) Okay. In that case. But this would not be an uncommon occurrence for Darwin to just not have any clothes. (laughs) It wouldn't necessarily be common either. No, but it's not like it's his fault. It seems to happen more frequently than I feel like it should. <laughs> I think it and happened once. No, it's happened at least. Should. It's happened at least twice. Really? <laughs> yeah. Where we've been like, now we have to get you new clothes. <laughs> I remember the time we fought that thing and it burned off my clothes. Mm-hmm. See, and there was another time where you got they got all like slashed up by the too. abominable snow monster thing. Yeah. Oh they yeah. Ate you. Scott's just constantly trying to get you just like shirtless, man. Like, <laughs> well, like Chris. Chris Evans and Captain America movies. Like, get those shirts off. I guess Darwin's the muscular one. It's all about the chest mm-hmm. shot, right? It's all about the chest shot. It's what sells. <laughs> uh, okay. I think if you want to find riding blankets to put over your horse's wings, you can find them here in the stables. They won't be clean. It might smell a little weird, but there are blankets. I mean, it gets cold in here every once in a while. They got to put them on the horses. People do ride them out into the snow, so... They do need at least a blanket. It's not like there's knit sweaters for every horse, but mm-hmm. blankets, sure. No horsey sweater. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, continue. Um, are you all making yourself invisible down here? It doesn't take long to do, so the intention, and I think it only lasts for maybe a minute. Oh, a minute. Oh, shit. Okay, so this is like right before you go outside. Yeah. And then galloping off at speed. Okay. Where was I? Where was I? Before I got distracted. Larkspur. I was at Larkspur. He's the mailman. That's right. That's right. Larkspur's the mailman. He's the letter carrier. He's also definitely not a fighter. He would defend himself, but he's by no means trained in how to fight. So what does he what does he say as you guys are all getting ready to leave and go invisible? <sighs> Larkspur looks at the four of you, just jaw open. I personally think you're crazy if you're going out there right now. Invisible or not, these people are dangerous. But, but I mean, if you have to go, if this is just in case we get through this, just in case we all, you know, survive, where can we find you? What? Why? To. I think it said by veil without even like stopping what they're doing or looking at him. To, to know you made it out all right? Uh, to know that the horses are okay? I don't know. It's a scary time right now. I'm sorry. You'll know we made it if you don't find our bodies. <laughs> Gee. 
<laughs> yeah, well, I mean, they're not wrong. <sighs> okay, okay. It's true, though. Mm-hmm. Well, well, good luck. And if you want to, if you want to take a few of them down on your way out, I certainly wouldn't complain. I'm gonna think, but fail to say that sort of defeats the point of invisibility. Well, obviously, I'm gonna give this dude a look, kind of like you stupid. <laughs> like <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't say that out loud, but the the look is meant to imply like you an idiot. <laughs> I think Larkspur goes and finishes grabbing some bags off of a horse, you know, messenger-type bags. He's gathering up his supplies. He's gathering up uh, material, so to speak, information. Well, then, best of luck to you. Hopefully, we make it out of this one, too. And he's going to rush out of here. He, he's got no intention of staying anywhere close to an entrance or exit where the conscription might see him and attack him. So we're going out? That's the plan. We're leaving. Okay. Okay. Let's ride. Okay. So you all make your way up through the stables, up towards the exit, to the exterior, to the snow, to the darkness above Honey Hollow. As you reach the exit, you can still see the conscription forces outside the city. The two phoenixes circle above the outpost. The remaining ground forces pace back and forth near the entrance to the city, waiting, hoping for word, waiting to know when people will be marched out so they can kill them or when they can go down in there and take care of business. Cregan and his followers haven't been down there for too long yet. So it's not at the point where it's not at the point where people are concerned about how this plan is going, uh, but people are impatient. They came all this way and now they're not doing anything. So they're wandering about, they're pacing, they're looking around. As always, it is very dark outside of Honey Hollow. There's a little bit of moon shining through the clouds and the ocean branches that still scatter through the sky. And as you reach the exit, before any of them can see you, Ilana, it sounds like you're making everybody invisible. Yep. So you've got a minute to get out, to get out of sight, to get out of danger. Quick question. What does it cost to cast this? For all of us, it's seven side points. Okay. How many do you have left at this point? After spending it, I have 16. Hmm. And how long does oh, it take? Plus to... my bonus nine. What? What's your bonus nine from? From a new ability I picked up. Uh, what's it called? Do to do psionic mastery at eleven nine. Uh, at level at level eleven, uh, as an action, mm -hmm. you gain nine special side points that you can spend only on disciplines that require an action or bonus action to use. Can be spent on one discipline or across multiple disciplines. Okay. Yeah. Basically, anything that costs side points that's an action or a bonus action. Yeah. Not and for any of the more ritual like, type stuff. When you do it, it allows you to essentially concentrate on multiple spells at the same time is what those those hmm. points allow you to do. Okay. And how long does it take to cast this invisibility? It's one action. Okay. So it's very quick. So even if this were to wear off before you're completely out of sight, you may be lucky and be able to, to recast it before you get noticed. Mm-hmm. Okay. So... You're all on the backs of your horses, right there at the exit. There's a very chilly wind blowing. Those conscription forces are looking ready for a fight. They're anxious. They're not bored yet. They're not worried, but they are anxious. So let's see. And there's two questions that I have. The first being, which direction are you going? Because I want to know where you're headed. And the second just being, how are you getting away from here as unseen as possible? Are you galloping away at top speed? 
Is this just like a gentle trot? What are people thinking? My thought is like when you see horses spook in like Wild West movies and they just bolt off, like the natural reaction to run from danger. That's mm-hmm. kind of the the image that that the plan is trying to pro- portray. Is like pay, you don't have to pay attention to this. This is just animals doing being animals. Okay. Okay. What are people thinking in terms of direction? Where do we want to go? Where are you heading to? Even if you don't know where the first stop is, like where are we going? North, south, east, west. The capital, Karami, Libera, Earl. Ride your horses directly into the ocean and disappear forever. What do we got? <laughs> you make a tempting argument. Well, I mean, our final destination's the capital to go get Yolana's dad. So, mm-hmm. I mean, ideally in that direction, but also like we would be running towards cover first, right? So, like whatever the nearest landmark is that could provide that cover. I think at this point is really just darkness. Once you get far enough away, none of these people are going to be able to see you. No matter how good their dark vision is, eventually you're just out of sight. The nearest landmarks, um, I, mean, I mean, to the, uh, where are we at? To like the northeasterly direction, there are the hills. Uh, yeah, at this point, they're pretty low hills right there next to that bay, that very sharp dagger-like bay that cuts through the center of the continent. Those are a ways out. Like That's not reachable before the invisibility wears off. But if you just wanted to go and hang out in the hills for the evening, uh, like those you could reach by nightfall. But there's nothing out there. Like There's no established cities out there. There could be people or creatures out there. But honestly, once you get far enough away, once you've ridden, like even just a minute at good speed, you'll be mostly out of sight. But after like an hour or so past, like even less than an hour, sorry, it's that dark. Once you've ridden for an hour in just about any direction, nobody's going to be seeing you anymore. Then, yeah, I think like riding out in the direction that we intend to go, so we're not heading in the wrong direction, then that would be what the plan would be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So a more Unless that direction. would be riding directly into their forces, because we don't want to do that. I'm, yeah, no, I'm not going to say like, oh, if you want to go there, you have to ride through them all. Like you can ride out from the city and then in the direction that you want to go. But if you wanted to head south, like that's a big difference than heading north. Um, but the intention here is to get closer to the capital, is to head that way. Yeah. Okay. Well, once we're once we get past all of these conscription forces, then we can talk about like near-term destinations. But for now, let's see if we can successfully leave the city without drawing the attention of any of these forces. Oh, and lest I forget, Cregan's Quaddle is still out here as well, flying through the skies. Actually, no, the Quaddle is, uh, Quaddle's not flying. They are on the ground, not too far away from that outpost entrance, kind of curled up a little bit there. Not asleep, but just kind of down a little bit. Like, have you ever seen a dog when you leave them in a room and they just kind of like, hmm, down? Mm-hmm. They kind of have that going on. And Quaddle and Cregan have been partners for some time now. They have a bond. Not, not like a psychic bond. It doesn't know that <laughs> Cregan just got his ass whipped, but... They don't like being apart. So we're getting out of here. We're running away. Huh. So th- there's there's like a few different ways I can see this happening here. If you want to leave and just have it look like spooked horses, there's animal handling to get the horses to ride in that particular fashion. Because while the horses may be a little worried about what's going on, they aren't actually spooked right now. They're not just running wild. Animal handling would probably be the way to get at that goal most directly. There's stealth if you want to try to ride unseen and unheard. And then if there's other things that you want to do, or if there are other skills or other abilities that you want to use to help help yourself get away undetected or unsuspiciously, 
or hinder them seeing you, by all means, let me know. Yeah, if you want to look like wild running horses, I think animal handling is the best one. But if you've got something else that you want to try, let me know. No, animal handling sounds right to me. Harness, Ilana, Vale. No, I got, I got nothing. That sounds right to me, too. Vale's riding a black horse at night at speed. We're going to go for stealth on that. That just makes a lot of sense to Vale. But Iolana uh, is going to go for the animal. All right. Well, hmm. <laughs> trying to find what's the stealth of a horse. Oh, we're running horse stats here? Okay. You're invisible. If, you, if your aim is to have the horse not be seen, it's more about the horse's stealthiness. Got it. Okay. That's I think probably it, still better than my animal handling. Uh, I think the most generous I can be is a plus one on horse stealthiness. Better than a zero. Because although your horse is black on black, the snow is still white, and horses don't generally run quiet. Because I think if you're on the horse and you just want to be quiet, I don't see any point in making you the person roll stealth. Because mm-hmm. you're just stealth. You're invisible. Unless you, uh, unless you don't want to be heard. Like You're definitely not going to be seen. So who's doing animal handling? And who's doing horse stealth? I'm doing animal handling. Okay. Because I don't trust my horse stealth abilities. Yolana's doing animal handling. Vale's doing horse stealth. <laughs> mm-hmm. Horsey stealth. Horsey stealth. Okay. Arnis? I'm going to do animal handling. Okay. As you're all up there at the exit, see the conscription forces, all that again. Boom, boom, boom. Yolana makes everybody invisible, and we scatter. So everybody roll. I'm going to use my inspiration to give myself advantage. So is Vale. <laughs> Good use of inspiration. You know what? I have inspiration too. <laughs> I think I'm going to do the same thing. I don't want to screw this up. Does Iolana have inspiration? No, Iolana doesn't. Okay. I rolled a 12 and a 13 for Vale, though. I couldn't have rolled more in the middle there. Two rolls above a 10. <laughs> First so time that I... happened. Yolana is one with Wind Thank Rider. Thank you, Shannon. That was a good idea. <laughs> I was like... That was a really good idea. I don't want to fight something that deletes things, so I'm going to use my advantage. <laughs> You're not snow, though, or a stairwell. That's true. We haven't seen it delete anything that wasn't snow I feel like or flesh stairwell. is a lot more frail than a stairwell. Yeah. Anyways. So it can only delete things that begin with S. <laughs> snow. <laughs> Staircase. Saranus and Scarvin <laughs> and Svale and Seolana. I think we're okay. Those aren't our names. You're right. As I mentioned, the conscription forces are up there pacing around, so they are definitely on the lookout. We'll see what they see. I'm going to roll for a few of them. All righty. Let's start with the one who's trying to be stealthy. Veil and Shadow Mare. What do we got? Uh, 14. And then on to the animal handling folks. Iolana and Windrider. 24. Darwin and Ben. 21. Damn. Advantage help. Aranus and Theron. 22. Damn. So you realize we're all going to roll like a one on the next round, right? Yup. <laughs> One's all around, boys. <laughs> nope. That's, that's quite all right. So you get on your horses and you start scattering into the snow in an effort to make it look like these horses are just spooked. So for Shadowmare, Shadowmare is trying to not draw attention. And for the most part, yeah, these conscription forces are believing these horses are spooked. But got to uh, honor that 14 that Shadowmare rolled and this 
19 that one of the conscription forces rolled. As you're all rushing away from the city, you definitely get noticed. And one of the conscription forces just says, looks like some horses got out. You know, we uh haven't had anything good to eat in a while. He's going to take out a bow and try to fire a shot. Actually, I think he and a few others are going to. I Because I want to do this as like a a rain of arrows as opposed to targeted arrows. Because you're rushing away. These are going to be longer shots. And either this is free food or if they just wound a horse and stop it, free horse. You see a few of them pick up some bows and fire off a mini hail of arrows in your direction. So who wants to roll some deck saving throws for their horses? Uh, I think Elon and Vale are going to pass on that. You asked if I wanted to. I'm going to say no. I don't want to. Ro- I don't want to roll that. That doesn't mean you get to pass. That just means you don't want. Doesn't that just mean you fail if you don't roll? Oh. <laughs> I thought it was optional. <laughs> you can roll a horse deck saving throw, or you can roll animal handling to steer the horse yourself. What's my horse's dex? Plus sure. one. I'm definitely rolling animal handling. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Hmm. Well, see, the great thing is if Darwin gets shot, he has to spend another key point to not die on the back of his horse. <laughs> Damn it. Damn it. We should have healed Darwin before we left. Wait, there's a possibility that they can miss the horse and hit us instead, even though they don't know we're there? Yeah. God They're just fi- it's headed for the right small of the back of the horse. It's going to hit no. you instead because you're sitting on the horse. No. Yeah, no. notice it's a deck save, not an attack roll. Me no likey arrows. Okay, I'm rolling animal handling. Anyone else rolling? I'm rolling. Yeah, I figure since you guys are fleeing, gonna roll. Oh, they're not trying to kill these horses. They just want to slow God. them down. I just crit failed. <laughs> you fucking kid. Did I call that shit? Or did I call it? Uh, I just had the exact same roll for both characters. How did Arnis die? He crit failed a roll with his horse. To be fair, the total is a seven, but I don't think that's going to matter. No, that won't matter. Let's Sorry, start guys. with... Sorry I murdered us. <laughs> It's okay. You saved us a lot before you murdered us. That was very true. Um, <laughs> let's start with the person nearest to death. Darvin, what did you use and what did you roll? I used animal handling and I got a 17. Ooh, nice. In which case, yes, you are able to successfully maneuver your horse and keep out of danger from these arrows. Nice. Aranus? I don't want to say what I rolled. <laughs> <laughs> it's I would too like late. To you already told us. I would like to keep it to myself, please. Um, well, I mean, I got a seven, mm-hmm. but the number on the die is a one. So, mm. yeah. No good, no good. <laughs> That's I, not going to be good enough. I, I fail a lot. Question for Iolana. Yes. Asides from what you rolled, but first, this is a concentration thing, right? Yes. Okay. It doesn't matter if other people get hurt, right? Nope. It's okay. my concentration. Cool. It's psionic, so I didn't know if there was any weird sort of yep. connection that you have to make with other people. Cool. Iolana. 24. Ooh. Animal handling. Maneuver that horse. Very nice. And Veil. 14 horse deck safe. Aw, poor horse. Horse decks. Did you say poor horse on a 14? Damn, that makes me sad. These people may not be trained archers. Like That's not their specialty, but they still know how to use a bow. They still know how to just, like, knock a bunch of arrows and... How far are we from them? I mean, I think this first one comes when you're still within, like, 100 feet or so, okay. but you're definitely gaining distance. Just thinking strategically. 
Mm-hmm. So let's get some damage. Veil. Mm-hmm. That is going to be 10 piercing damage to your horse. Unless you want to put yourself in front of those arrows to have your horse not get shot. Veil will gladly do that because they'll take five piercing damage. Okay. It will also help endear you to your horse and endear me to you because you are protecting your, your sweet, lovable horse with their terrifying mm. wings. Okay. So Vale, seeing the, hearing the arrows hit the ground, seeing more coming, throws their body down to protect the horse and gets shot with a couple arrows. Arnus. Arnus, Arnus, Arnus. I'm trying to figure out what to do with this crit fail here. Um, well, the first thing that's going to happen is your horse is going to take 10 damage. Unless you would like to also put yourself in harm's way. I would like to do that. Okay. You also move to take these shots and you get hit with a few arrows as well. It's only 10 points of damage, but those were not the only arrows being fired. Some of them are hitting you. Some of them are hitting the ground around and it is spooking your horse who rears up. And I need you to make a a strength saving throw to not be tossed from this horse. And this is where I dropped to the ground. I got a 13. The horse bucks wild. That sounds worse than I wanted it to. (laughs) It's not a buck wild horse. The horse is bucking wildly? (laughs) Yes. The horse begins bucking wildly, is spooked by these arrows coming in, is spooked by what you're trying to get it to do, and just rears up, starts bucking, and you can't keep a tight hold on the reins, and you get tossed out into the snow. It's not a far fall. The snow is very soft. But you land, and the horse, Theron, continues to run. Is following Ben, but continues to run. Ilana, Vale, Darvin, I think you could all hear Arnis hit the snow and see a nice little invisible indent in the snow if you're looking. What do people want to do here? Seeing that this is going south, Vale is going to throw up a fog cloud uh, using a level one spell slot Hmm. to Break the line of sight between the forces and us. Ooh, interesting. How big is this fog cloud? One second. A 20-foot radius sphere of fog centered on a point within range, so it's 40 feet wide. Are you aiming it for where Arnus is at? Uh, Like behind Arnus, so Arnus isn't Mm -hmm. in the fog, but the fog is between Arnus and Arnus. Right, right. So you cast this spell, and the fog just swirls into being from the snow and out of the sky, creating a nice good visual barrier between you and the conscription forces. What are you doing after that? What are people doing after that? Doesn't have to necessarily be Vale, but what's going on? Hmm. Darvin, you and Ben have Theron following you. The horse definitely is not happy at this moment. And we know Arnus is in the snow, right? Yeah, I think you could hear Arnus thud down. Well, shit, I guess I gotta... And Vale put up a fog wall thing right so there's some visibility protection but like i'd have to slow down i guess i start slowing down what else can i do right i mean if you want to stop and like pick arnis up yeah that's what i want to do because i don't think you're uh quite the skilled enough horseman or strong enough person to that like fast ride by lean down off the side and like reach out an arm right also arnis would never see that hand and you'd probably end up Mm -hmm. slapping him in the face (laughs) <laughs> Plus, my hand would probably fall off, and then I'd have to <laughs> replace it. Sounds amazing. You want a horse hand? Knowing this campaign, that's definitely what would happen. <laughs> but then I would get a horse hand. I would get a hoof. Yes. 
Uh, I think Iolana is going to try and pace with the riderless horse uh, in the hopes that she can slow it down so that the rest of the group can catch up. All right, Iolana, you can go and roll in animal handling to get better control over Theron, better direct Theron. Who's going to go get Aranus? Darvin? Uh, yeah, I've started the motion already. I've stopped or slowed down. Okay. Are you just riding up to, next to Aranus to get him to hop onto your horse, or what you doing? Yeah, that's the plan. Sort of give him a hand up, you know, help him on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Aranus, you want to get on, Ben? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be sitting in the snow, so yes. I don't know. I didn't want to make sitting any Sitting in the snow never works out that well for us. Mm-hmm. Aranus is able to hop up onto the back of Ben. Meanwhile, the archer's over on the conscription side. Oh, I think we might have winged one of them. Fire again. We'll go see if we got any of them to stop. And they're going to let loose another mini hail of arrows. Yeah. So I think we're in the same situation we were just prior. However, you will all now have advantage on this thanks to the fog. These conscription forces can no longer see too well where the horses are at. They're just kind of firing into the distance. So that'll give you a little bit of advantage. Aranus, since you're not on your horse, you don't have to roll anything. All right. But I mean, you can roll for your horse, who is just out there riderless right now, but you personally, okay. like you're not directing your horse. Right now, it's just your horse's deck save with advantage. Okay. But Vale, Ilana, Darvin, you can do horse decks or animal handling with advantage. Eek. Let's start at the other side this time. Vale. Can't seem to roll anything better than a 14 tonight. That's all. Vale is bo- <laughs> rolling, it seems. <laughs> what about Ilana? Yulana got a dirty 20. Okay. Arnis, what did Theron roll for their deck save? I got a six on the die. With advantage? The other one was a three. Aye. And Darvin? 11. Oh. Animal handling? Yes. All right. Vale, would you like to take this shot for your horse again? Yep. Okay. Darvin, would you like to take this shot for your horse? Um... Yeah, why not? The hell? Question. If Iolana's yes. trying to ride with Theron, could Iolana potentially take the shot for Theron? Ooh. Hmm. Yes. 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 Absolutely. How do you want to do this? Are you riding in between? Or are you jumping onto Theron? I think it's like a desperation maneuver. So, like, manage to pace up with Theron. has got, like, a hand on the on the horn and sees that arrow coming in and just kind of uh, <laughs> throws their body between the arrow and the horse to try and protect the horse. Okay. Does that involve jumping to Theron? Like, are you changing horses here mid-stride? No, like legs on one horse, body lying across the other horse. <laughs> gotcha. 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 If you could see it, it would look really awkward. Yeah. It's only nine points of damage this time for everybody who's taking this damage. Vale will take half. Mm-hmm, which would be four. Darvin? I'm out. I'm going to spend a key point to come back. <laughs> you jerk. Pincushion Darvin. But this is good. None of the horses have been injured yet, which means they are not, like, bleeding into the snow. They're not falling down. They're not getting too wild, too out of control. Thanks to this fog cloud, people can't really see weird things happening. But at this moment... A few of the conscription members are rushing around the, the rim of one of these craters that got deleted in the snow to get over towards you. They just want to see these. They want to see if these horses got stopped. They want to see if they get free horse or free horse meat. What are you guys doing? 
If everybody can still move, shouldn't we just keep moving? If well, we can. at this point, Darwin's mm-hmm. like a full, or at least a half a turn behind Iolana and Vale. That's fine. That doesn't matter. Like, well, so I mean, the thing that Iolana and Vale would do is just ride at half speed so that you guys can catch up, so that you can get on a horse and not mm. be slowing the other horse down by having two riders. Okay. Mm. Can my horse be a monk horse and double dash? I mean, dash. Double. All horses can dash. Uh, I mean, dash is just an action that any creature with a movement speed could take. But if you wanted to train your horse in the ways of becoming a monk. Yeah, that. Man, monk we're going to need a big montage. Monk horse. <laughs> man, could you better get kicked by a monk horse? Magical <gasps> monk horse kick. A no. flurry of blows horse. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I mean, before you were talking about a horse hand for me, and I was wondering how a hoof would work on me. But that would be even better. I mean, you could get all sorts of enchanted horseshoes to put on there. <laughs> okay. So the plan is to continue running away, not engage with these conscription forces at all. Cool. I mean, which is fair. This is what you want. You don't want yeah. to fight them. They're jerks. They're jerks. They're dangerous people. And Darwin's got one hit point. Again. Despite the the many punctures and bruises and oh, just the battering he's taken. So Darwin and Arnis, you speed ahead on Ben up to Theron where Arnis switches over and he began bolting again. Are we going for just straight animal handling this time across the board or are people still trying to be horse stealth? I am not going to try horse stuff. Probably. Okay. If it weren't for that fog that Vale laid down, I don't think stealth would be too much of an option right here, but that is there. So it is an option. Vale's going to go for it because plus one is better than plus zero. Okay. Arnis will be using animal handling. Okay. Would anybody change their minds if I said the stealth would get advantage because of the fog? Hmm. I'm already doing The it. horse is plus one? Horse is plus one, yeah. Well then, yeah, plus one with advantage is better than plus. Because advantage mm. is pretty open. Yolanda's not going to change. Plus five is, is... I have a plus six. I think I'm sticking with animal. Yeah. Y- you guys are making the right choice. I only have a plus two, so I'd rather have advantage. Yep, that's fine. Oh, okay. Yeah, a plus one with advantage is probably better than a plus two without. That's what I'm thinking. When you're at plus five or plus six, it's like, uh, I don't know. But Yeah. All right, let's roll some dice. I'm very glad I took the option I did. Of course, you never know which die would have been which, right? Mm-hmm. Unless you decide this is the right, one I wouldn't right. have rolled. I mean, when you're rolling with advantage, it's always, oh, yeah, I, I, would, have, I would have rolled that low number if not for this advantage. Right. And the exact opposite with disadvantage. Right. Okay. Arnis, you and Theron, what do you got? Dirty 20. Ooh, nice. Nice, nice, nice. Darvin, you and Ben. Oh, with our advantage, we got a 19. Nice. Mm. Sweet, sweet advantage. Vale, you and Shadowmare. Vale, for their horse stealth, rolled a 20 on the die, which means it's a 21. Booyah, horse crit. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Yolanda got a 15 on their animal handling. All right, Ilana and Windrider, the 15. It's Ben, Theron, Shadowmare. I'll start rushing off into the distance, very much looking either like a wild horse or disappearing into the, the slightly rolling nature of the snow and hiding behind the fog. Ilana and Windrider, though, guessing it took you a moment to get yourself resituated after diving onto Theron to protect them from the arrows. It's taken you just a moment longer to get up and running. And you see a few of these conscription forces getting closer. They're like 50 feet away. They're really looking for wounded horses here. 
uh, as they see you riding away. Um, horses are pretty fast. These horses have a speed of 60 feet. Hmm. So you hear this conscription guy. Well, I don't know if you hear him or not, but he's going to say it because he's talking to himself or to his buddies. <sighs> Thought for sure we would have got at least one of them. Uh, think I still see one. He's just going to knock one arrow and fire into the distance, into the darkness. This will be a disadvantage. You are at long range for him now. It's just like one last shot. It's going to come to a 15, which is more than enough to hit a horse. Unless you want to put yourself in between the horse and this arrow. Uh, most definitely. Uh, in which case, you wanna, you can at least hear him talking something. You see an arrow get shot in your direction. Glistens in the moonlight. The last moment. You dive down in between the horse and the arrow. You're going to take 11 piercing damage. But Windrider continues on. Gallops into the distance. I uh, maintain my concentration also. Oh, you did? Good, good. I wasn't even thinking about that. But thank you for letting me know. This arrow hits Iolana right in the side as she moves to protect the horse. And you continue to ride off into the distance. Much faster than these people could follow you on foot. And he's just like frustrated ah thought for sure he's going to walk ahead just to make sure that he didn't hit the horse and he gets down to, to where you're at and he looks around and he's just like fuck or where you were shouts back well that was a waste <sighs> you all continue to ride off into the distance yes mm-hmm. into the sunset how far away do you want to go before stopping for the day i think the first step is i think we ride for like an hour and then from there, we take to the skies. Make a better time in the skies, I thought. And then how long is it until we would want to rest? And then we would stop then. Well, I mean, do you just want to ride slash fly as long as you possibly can until you're resting for the night? Or do you want to make a pit stop to do some healing, some planning as far as where to go, how to get there? I think it's um, not a bad stops idea. Stops to make along the way. Maybe to make the stop right kind of before we take to the sky so we have a plan when we're up there. Mm-hmm. Having none of us flown before, it would be a good idea to have a plan for contingencies and things like that also. like Also, Darwin is still at one health. That also. <sighs> one health. <laughs> okay. So you're riding off into the snow for about another hour or so. Just in a general northerly direction. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you want to get back on the road or do you want to stay kind of off-road? We can fly. So my plan is to, you know, fly to the capital as the crow flies, like straight direct route. No, I meant for this first hour. Oh, yeah. I think the road's going to be a safer call. Mm-hmm. Deep snow sounds bad. <laughs> you can go faster on the road and it is generally in better condition than anything off-road would be. It's not as well maintained as it once was. I mean, there's still the slats of wood that are placed along the snow to help create this semblance of a road. But some of them are a little bit more worn, a little bit more damaged. It doesn't get cleared nearly as often as it used to. But it's still better traveling than being off-road. And after about an hour, you all pull to the side, take a break to rest, plan, gather your thoughts. It is still very dark out here. There's a little bit of moonlight shining through the clouds, shining through the oceanic branches. What are people doing here? What are you doing with this time? Lots of resting. Mm-hmm. Yolana actually has yet 
to try to communicate with, I realized this like three days ago, to try to communicate with her father using her journal. Um, she does, it's going to work, but it doesn't hurt. So mm-hmm. she's going to try uh, write a little note to him mm. during her rest time. Vale's going to finally take the opportunity to like reset their crossbow kind of patch up any damage not just physically but like to their clothing and whatnot that sort of stuff the kind of stuff that you would do if you were used mm-hmm. to being in regular combat and resting um definitely not like yucking it up with darvin or anybody else like very <laughs> task oriented right now all right darvin and arnis we're sorry we're stopped right yeah, the horses have stopped. You're on the side of the road. This sounds like it's probably short rest time. That's what I was saying. Could I take a hit die or several? Uh, mm-hmm. Absolutely, you can. Uh, Will Arnis gonna... be assisting with any songs of rest? Yes, that was what I was going to say that I am doing. In fact, I am playing my song of rest. Okay. I don't know how many of us like super need it, but I know Darwin does, and that's You'll enough for those. me. What bonus is that at? Add 1d10. 1d. Add a d10, really? Yes, mm-hmm. once. Total. Once, gotcha. Once, yeah, you can sense. do that. <laughs> that makes sense. Cool. Mm-hmm. So, Darvin, how many how many hit dice are you going through here? I mean, I suppose you could just tell I me at the end. I don't you can... know. <laughs> it's a, you can it's, start. It's plus con mod, right? Yeah. Okay. I'm not going to tell you the totals of each die, because that's going to get really... You know. Yeah, no, that's fine. <laughs> I'm just more curious as to how much health you regain um, here in this hour. Yeah. And then how many dice you've spent to get that? Uh, Vale spent one and maxed out. Ooh, nice. Did I max out? It's up to you. I don't know what we're going to hit. Our luck, we're going to spend a bunch of hit die and hit nothing and having not, having not needed it. But, we spend you know, no hit only, die, we're going to hit something in an if hour. If I only right? spend one, and I'm only going to spend one, like, <laughs> not if I roll a one on the die. <laughs> <laughs> oh, six. Okay, so I spent four hit die, and with Arnis's Song of Rest, Again, 33, I'm up to 44. Okay. What's your max right now? 80. You're cool with being at like half health? Eh, I mean, I don't want to use all my hit dice. Okay. What size are your hit dice? D8s? Yes. Okay. I didn't think anybody had particularly large hit dice. Man, I wish I had large dice. Nobody's a barbarian here. (laughs) Right? Okay, okay. So, here on the side of the road, spend some time healing up getting ready for obstacles to come. Not spending a long time here. Honey Hollow is out of sight, but definitely still within traveling distance. And if those conscription forces decide to turn around and head this way, you would more than likely get spotted. But, but they do have a city that they need to bring Corm's grace to. And apparently that's just going to turn out however it turns out. But for now... Out of sight, maybe out of mind. We'll find out. Here at the side of the road, just north of Honey Hollow, you do have a few options of where it is you want to go. Sounds like Vermilion, the capital, is the end goal. But even on a flying horse, best estimate, get there in a couple of weeks. Which means you may be needing to make stops along the way for food, supplies, rest, or further planning, or gathering of forces. I'm not sure exactly how you want to tackle things when you get to the city. We'll come to that. But just to give you a quick idea of what's nearby, what's within travel distance, what's um, places you can go, depending on how you want to approach the situation. To the immediate north, 
depending on how far you want to travel, how long you want to travel, you've got a few options. There's Medullary Hill, which you definitely remember as being completely run down at the time last you were there. That's only a couple days away. Uh, if you wanted to travel about a week, you know, six, seven days, you could get to Shipwright Fields. It's not a place we've been to before, but it's definitely a place you would know about. This is a place where the Royal Navy would be gathering supplies for their ships. Uh, this is like lumber. Uh, Shipwright Fields is basically the lumber yard and the shipyard for the Royal vessels. Some for personal use, some for military use. Travel a few more days past that, about eight or nine days by air, you get to the Barberry area. Old Barberry, Fort Barberry. Good times up there. And then about 12 to 14 days away, you've got Karami. If you wanted to head almost directly to the west, following a bit of shoreline there, there's a city that we haven't seen, haven't heard anything about before. But I think between the four of you, you would definitely at least know of this city. It's called Happy Shores. It's an old elf sea village. It's about six days away, if I hadn't already said so. If you travel directly northwest, about eight or nine days, there's a city called Caravel. This is a human halfling city. You know, it's a few days away from the capital. It gets a lot of its, well, at least used to, get a lot of its trade, you know, from the city. People coming in, people going out. Mm, question, Scott. Yeah. Just want to make sure I'm understanding my geography right. Is that the city that would be like the most direct kind of midway city? Like if we're trying to go straight to it, to the capital that is? Um, it really depends here on how you want to look at the map. Because if you're um, from where you're at, Vermilion, the capital, it's about north northwest from where you are. It's somewhere between like 10 and 12 days away. If you were to fly straight from where you're at to the capital, there's no real cities in between here and there. But if you wanted to veer off a little bit to the west, you would hit Caravel. Then that's what uh, that's what Vale would suggest is kind of like we're going to head there as our stopping point to make sure we're oriented correctly, and then from there straight to the capital. Two shot. Okay. I was going to say, or if you veer a little bit to the east, you could end up at Shipwright Fields. That's across the bay from Vermilion. Whereas if you went to Caravel, you'd be down the road from Vermilion. And the travel time is what between the two of them? Oh, oh. Like if you were oh. to go to either of those, how would that change your total time to Vermilion? Just trying to figure out like a, a best midway point, right? Like it is not ideal to trek straight to the capital because at some point we're going to need supplies. Like, mm -hmm. but Vale has no intention of, you know, taking the party bus tour of the Southern Isles or whatever <laughs> the place is called. I'm sorry. Not the to be flippant. The Southern Isles. But like... <laughs> Don't want to be stopping in every city along the way. They they, they have mm -hmm. a goal in mind at this point. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you don't want to go to Happy Shores, you don't have to go to Happy Shores. Oh, come on, Vale. As a player, the idea of Vale in a town called Happy Shores sounds very interesting. It's an elf city. It's probably not so happy right now. No, and it's probably not going to be a good place to Vale for Vale to be in if it's an elf city. No. Yeah, the two places with the smallest amount of detour are Caravel and Shipwright Fields. Caravel is definitely more of a like a trade town. Shipwright Fields is more of a company town. They would both have supplies of some kind or another. It's just a matter of which type of supplies and how much interaction with other people you want to deal with. I think Caravel's probably one I'm going to suggest then. Trade town is a little bit easier to blend into than a company town. Mm -hmm. But would pose that to the group like... I intend to make the most direct route to the capital to expedite the process to getting to Yolanda's dad. And these are the two most obvious places to stop partway through the journey. 
What are your thoughts? I I would pretty much agree with your assessment that if we want to blend in a city where theoretically, right, or people used to like be coming in and out all the time is a better place to stop, even with winged horses. Yeah. Can't argue with that logic. It's good logic. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay. 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 Um, since this is just a short rest, I'm going to save the heavy questions for when we stop for a long rest tonight. There's actually not going to be too far off. Most because I just want to find out where you're going to be stopping for the night. Let's see. From where you're at, Darwin, Aranus, and Vale, you've all been in this area before. You know that less than a day's travel, especially by air, to the west, there's that wild halfling village where Theria was in charge. Our half-llama halfling lady. That is to the west. That is not on a direct route to the capital. And they're not exactly a bustling town. They are like subsistence living out there. Uh, at least they were the last time you saw them, you know, trapping creatures out in the snow for food. Um, or you could just continue. You can just continue in a northwest direction towards Caravel. There actually is a road once you get. Uh, yeah, if you take the western arm of this road, this like main continental highway type road, uh, it does lead eventually to Caravel, like with very few junctions, like major junctions. There's small ones for, you know, people who are just out living in the wild. You know, hunters and trappers and things like that do you do you want to stay on the road do you want to fly you've got these wings for a reason yeah no i think the intention is to fly um near the road soon we'll get lost we don't go too far out into the wilds Mm -hmm. but then it also provides us you know a, a good vantage point to be able to see a place to kind of camp for the night like we're looking for kind of a plot of flat land off the road that is going to be defensible for lack of a better way of putting it mm-hmm. well once we get on our horses and start flying i'll have a very uh <clears throat> unique option i don't know if you'll want it but <laughs> i'm going to put it on the table um, this is just a short rest is there anything else you want to do with this hour besides nope. healing up setting weapons and yolan is going to write a quick note to their dad just like oh that's right and it's it's very simple like i doubt you're even going to be able to see this but if you do, we're on our way to try and free you. Share whatever info you can. Okay. You write your message into the journal, close it up, stow that away. Um, it sounds like we're getting back on horses. Mm-hmm. Getting set to take to the sky. And I think the answer here for Iolana is obvious, but Vale, Darvin, and Aranis, have you ever done any sort of flying or air travel before? <laughs> nope. Nope. Oh, unless you count going through the the things of water in the sky. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> as as air travel. I might call that extreme boating. <laughs> extreme. <laughs> yeah, big X, no E. Big X Extreme. <laughs> vale, have you? Uh Vale has not. Okay. I didn't think so. So as you take to the skies, what is the general feeling about flying on horseback for everybody? Mm, it's like something out of a heavy metal music video from the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's pretty um, It's pretty rocking. All right. Darwin is very much into horse flight. <laughs> vale is very uncomfortable. If you picture, you know, the images of, of people flying for the first time in movies on horseback, then that's what it's doing. 
like clutching the horse, trying not to fall mm-hmm. off. That's, you know, I think that's kind of where Arnis is at too. Like he, like, I, I don't think he's a fan of this. Like he did okay on a boat. He was all right. But like the, no, he's, he's struggling. Are the both of you just like Megara on Pegasus? Yeah, kind of. Except I've only got one arm, so it's a little harder. Just like, yeah, just white knuckle in it. Um, the Olana, it's like it's an every it's another day ending in Y. Like it's it's like a fish to water. She's very just comfortable, mm-hmm. looking kind of more natural and comfortable than many of you have probably ever seen her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I imagine you just looking like you're kind of meditating, and Arnis and Vale like freaking the fuck out. And Durbin is just flying by on his horns going, this is so metal. <laughs> his like knife leg just hanging in the wind. Yeah. Darvin, like we got to get your horse a sword leg too. Right? <laughs> that would be more this, metal. Like, like the four of us, it's just, it's amusing me greatly. <laughs> I think if these horses had acquired their wings in any other fashion but through Gosrim, they would be freaking out right now because horses don't fly, but he's clearly done something to make them well, one knowledgeable of how to fly, but also to make them more comfortable in the air. But definitely at least for the first half hour or so, their legs are still trying to gallop through the sky, but eventually they grow more accustomed to it, like, Oh wait, yeah, my legs aren't actually doing anything up here. I can just kind of tuck them in or spread them <laughs> out. As you fly north through the sky, it's still exceptionally dark. The moon provides some light, and you know that very far off in the distance to the north, you'll eventually hit the spring band again. But for now, you're definitely in winter. Things are cold. Things are dark. The clouds hang in the sky, but so do several oceanic branches. The water in these branches rains from slush-like to snowy to frozen solid and ranging in size from a few feet to dozens in some places. In some of the clear parts of the branches, you can actually see fish swimming. On the more frozen parts, every once in a while, you see some creatures just crawling around. Mostly things like spiders and squirrels, just out here climbing on this new terrain that has been formed in the sky. And... While you may need a boat to navigate some of the more liquid portions of these branches, the more solid, frozen areas definitely look like they could sustain weight. Definitely look like they could be traversed on foot if needed. And as you continue flying north through the sky, accompanied occasionally by the sound of some splashing through the slushy parts of the water, the wind, maybe a few confused squirrel chirps as they see horses flying through the sky, (laughs) the day wears on. Night doesn't fall because it's already been here. It is cold, and you must decide where you want to stop for the night. And when you're between towns, how it is you want to be resting and protecting yourselves. You could fly down to the ground, rest on the side of the road. Or you could be bold and rest up on one of the branches. Now, I don't want to risk rolling a sleep roll and failing and rolling off a branch. So, There's no role for sleep. <laughs> yeah, but... But there's always a role for something. <laughs> yeah, don't want to get attacked on a branch something. in here either. Don't want the horses to wander. Also, we're good to find a patch of land off the road. Arnis is like, not he's not terrified. 
he's not terrified of being up here, but he's like just scared enough kind of being up on this horse that he's going to be like, uh, ground, please. Ground, ground, ground even, for sleeping. Even Darwin thinks horses and tree branches are a bad combo. Tree branches? Water branches. Oh, right. Water branches. Mm-hmm. Still a bad combo. Okay. <laughs> I wanted to put that out there just so you knew you had an alternative to roadside. Although technically your horses fly. You can stop however near or far to the road you want. It's just a matter of where you touch down. Yeah, I'm thinking like off the road, but near the road, if that makes sense. Like looking for a place where like from the sky you can see, oh, there's a patch like over there. We'll fly and sleep there for mm-hmm. the night. And in the morning when we fly up, we can be like, oh, look, the road's back that way. And we can follow the road. Okay. Yeah, I like that thought. Had to put the branches on the table just in case you wanted to be up there. Be slick and cool. Mm, cool isn't cold. But yeah, if you want to stay on the ground, that's fine too. So it's been a while since we've had to camp in the snow. What kind of supplies do people have to keep warm and have a light? How are you setting up camp here? Yolana has her cloak and is going to just kind of wrap herself up in that and sleep in that, which is what she tends to do on the road. Okay. Is anybody starting a fire? Seems like a bad idea. See, and I would say I think we're far enough off the road or we're going to be trying to find places that are far enough off the road that we could start a fire if we need. And we're going to have a night guard. Like, it's not more like we're going to be sleeping. And remember that large creatures or creatures that are going to attack us that aren't human are going to tend to not necessarily be drawn to fire. You know, bears don't go towards the fire, they go towards the food. That's why they go towards you. So I think as long as we're being smart about it, we if we wanted to start a fire for warmth, we could do that. Yeah. Far enough off the road, it's a curiosity, but not a lot of people are going to trek through a non-path area of snow just to see who's out there. Creatures may, but, you know, I mean, I will say that a fire is relatively safe. Okay. I'm convinced. You don't have to worry too much about that. So if you want to stay warm with a fire and have some light by a fire, Interesting go for marshmallows. It. Sure, sure. Did you bring marshmallows? So I didn't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so you swoop down from the sky, far away from the road. You just have your own nice little campsite. Who's starting the fire? Survival's pretty good. There's no role here. Who's starting the fire? Like who's? Oh, I'll do it. I'll do it. Making the I, effort to like, go start a fire. I'm. Arnus builds a little campfire to keep everybody warm, to provide some, you know, light so people can see. Before everybody turns in for the night, is there anything you want to discuss or do? I know Vale's got that semi-broken crossbow that they want to get working. Yeah, Vale's going to tinker on that a little before they rest, I think. Um, Darvin, I mean, he could finish healing up, but Not we've before. got a long rest coming up here. Um yeah, I don't want to lose more of my hit dice. Mm, that's true, that's true, that's true. But generally speaking, though, is there anything that you want to, is there any tasks that you want to accomplish before going to bed tonight? There really isn't. Darwin's pretty, Darwin's pretty set. Same. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The is just going to help kind of set camp and then do their evening rituals and then go to sleep. Okay. Is there going to be a watch schedule? Yes. Vale will offer to take the darkest watch now because their dark vision is ridiculous now. It's like 120 um, feet. You're you're a couple days into the winter belt. It's all the darkest hours. Oh, okay. <laughs> Never mind. 
but but good humble well, brag yeah. there. Then at full health, Vale will offer to take the first watch because everybody else needs a little bit more rest. I've got almost full health. I can take second watch, and Darwin okay. should take last, so he's like mostly healed by the time he has to. Perfect. Then Elana take third watch. Okay, so we're going Vale, Arnis, Elana, Darwin. See. Uh-huh. Ooh, nice. With four people, it's a nice shorter. It's a nice short watch too. Mm-hmm. Hmm. All right. But yeah. If there's if there's no pressing discussion or pressing matters that need to be tended to tonight, we can certainly move into rest time. So there's going to be two things that happen here during the evening. Vale, your initial watch is uneventful. You can tend to the fire. You can fiddle with your new crossbow. Try to get it working again. It's going to take some time. It's not going to be fixed in one go. But you're just beginning to understand the mechanics of it, what's broken, what needs to be fixed, how that's going to be fixed. But it's a quiet night. It's a quiet night before you pass things off to Iolana. And Iolana, as you're patrolling the area, keeping an eye out, going over to the fire, I would say to stay warm, but it's probably more just to be able to see, keep an eye on your companions, and turn to your journal, where... You have indeed received a response from Huracan, your father. It's not a lengthy response. It's not even necessarily the most polite response you've received from him. There's a sense of urgency in his words. He writes back to you. Yolana, I am pleased to know that you'll soon be here and that you're on your way, but you must hurry. The king has already taken more information from me than I would have willingly given up. And I fear that the worst is yet to come for me. He's plotting something. I don't know how he's going to abuse my power, but I know it will be an abuse. Get here before it's too late. And that's all that he has written there. So wherever he is, however he's being kept, he still has access to his journal. He can still communicate. But other than that, your time passes uneventfully. It's quiet out here. And then you pass it off to Aranus. Aranus. It is deep in the night. Things are silent. But I need you to roll perception for me. I got an 11. Hmm. Two things are going to happen here. The first, only barely visible this far away. Far to the south, you see some flashes of light, like lightning strikes. There's a very low rumble of thunder. Whether it's a storm or not, it's difficult to say. But you don't get too much time to focus on that. Because as you're standing here near the fire, keeping an eye out over your friends, you hear a little crunch in the snow. And you look, and hopping away from Darwin is the ebony kangaroo, with its one blue eye, one like amber yellow eye, and is hopping around the campsite. Hop, hop, little crunch in the snow, little crunch in the snow. And it's looking around as if to try to find a way out, but since you didn't come here on a path, there's not like... A set way. You're just kind of inset here into the snow, and it hops out near the edge of the camp. It's like looking around, doesn't see anything. It hops back towards the center, takes a look around at everybody, looks at Vale, looks at Ilana, looks at Darvin. Everybody's sleeping. Looks up and sees you. It's kind of like pauses for a moment, like holding very, very still, and then it ever so slowly opens up the pouch, starts pulling stuff out as before. There's money, there's little bags, there's trinkets, there's boots, and just slowly starts taking them out, setting them down on the ground next to the fire. The very last thing that 
very last thing that pouch it pulls out is this very fancy looking little pinwheel. Sticks it in the ground near Ilana's feet. Hops back over to Darwin. And Pouchet looks at you. He stares in your eyes, just blissfully unaware of any wrongdoing that he may or may not be doing. And maintaining that focus on you, hops into Darwin's bag as he shrinks back down. And you're left here at the campsite with another small pile of money and goods. And with that will bring this chapter to a close, but the story will always continue. Thanks again to all of our Patreon patrons for your support. If you'd like to become a patron, go to patreon.com slash Podcast and pick out a level that's right for you. Before we go, I'd like to give special thanks to everyone at the $5 and up tiers. At the $5 city council level, thank you, Shannon DeMello. At the $10 mayor level, thank you, Christopher DeMello. At the $15 governor level, thank you, Phoenix Bryan and Sierra Jones. Thank you for listening to this chapter in Seasons of Skyrend. If you like what you heard, please leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find us. If you want to chat, we're on Twitter at Skyrend Podcast. You can join our Discord server, or you can email us at skyrenpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us online at skyrenpodcast.com. As always, we want to thank Vanessa Blockland for our podcast art. You can find more of her work on Twitter at Art by Vanessa B. And thanks to Daryl Dibber Reckonos for creating our theme music. You can find more of his music at dibbermusic.com and on Twitter at dibbermusic. Dibber spelled D-I-B-U-R. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time on Seasons of Skyrend.